good day and happy Wednesday and welcome back to another episode of the Sunshine Steven podcast. Hopefully your week is going like really good and beautiful. Here in North Carolina, our weather is kind of like wonky right now. It's almost like she's like, you know what, Summer, we don't want you right now. So it's been rainy and cold, but I'm here for it. I love horror movies and spooky season and stuff, and so I'm like, yeah, I'll put on a cute little sweater and watch a horror movie with my dogs and husband. Yes, thank you. So, anyways, this episode is going to be, girl, it's going to be knowledgeable. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be, you know, just giving me life, and hopefully you, too. I'm going to be talking to a friend. Um, Her name is Haley, and... We're going to be talking about Title IX, which I really didn't have much um, like knowledge on and everything because I don't work in university. Um, so she's just going to drop some little nuggets of wisdom and knowledge and stuff. And we're going to be talking um, about, you know, a lot of stuff. And it, it, it's all leading into I'm doing a new series. It's called Ill Don't Discriminate Against and then whatever. And this episode is called Ew, Don't Discriminate Against Sex and Education because it's gross. And as a reminder, it's Pride Month. So I'm really big on let's not discriminate against other people and stuff like that because that's gross. So hopefully you enjoy it. it we're going to get right into it. I just got the hiccups again. So sorry. But yeah, here we go. Honestly, guys and girls and anything in between or non-binary whatevs, I just want to get right into it. So, again, we're going to be talking discrimination. We're going to be talking Title IX. We're going to be talking about um, new fucking things that are coming out that blew my mind under the Cheeto, I mean, the President of the United States um, rule and everything like that. And so, yeah, we're going to get right into it. Um, Gorgeous Haley. Girl, look at my ins. She's so beautiful. She's like a model. Um, we're gonna be talking. So, uh, yes, I'm just so excited for you guys to hear this. So much wisdom and beautifulness and stuff like that. So let's get right into it and talk about discrimination and um, Title Nine and everything with Little Miss Haley. <laughs> Hey, Haley, are you there? I am. Thank you so much for having oh, me. Oh, no, thank you so much for taking time and talking to me. Um, oh, my God. Of course. Super I'm such excited. a big Oh, my God, stop. I keep going. Keep going. <laughs> okay, so a little backstory for people. So, Kelsey was on the show. She actually, we talked way too much, so she got a two-parter. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I could never get enough, so. Like, she literally, I, I would love to, ha- of course, have her us talk about other stuff too but like she just we just kept going and going and then I was like mm, this is like a four-hour recording right now <laughs> there's stuff that I had to take out that I was like oh this is oh like God. our like our little debriefing because we just had our debriefing you know it's like five minutes hers right. was like 35 <laughs> <laughs> I love that. yeah so anyway so she introduced us um via we're also in a cute little um group chat on Instagram that Yes. Um, throwing all the shade to my husband because he 
bitched about not being in it and was like, I want to be in it. I want to get cute pictures of animals. And so now he's in it and he's like, this group chat is so annoying. And I'm like, you know what? Yeah, I'm calling him out right now. If you're listening (laughs) to this, honey, like, sorry, I'm calling you out. (laughs) It turns out he's completely canceled and removed from the chat. Exactly. (laughs) I don't make the rules, but here we are. This is how it goes. So yeah, that's how we met. And this is our first time actually chatting, which is lovely. I already love you and adore you so much. And uh, oh my God, I'm obsessed with you. Oh my I gosh. tell Kelsey all the time. I'm like, um, I am the biggest Steven Stan. Oh my God, stop. Y'all heard it there first though. <laughs> She's going to run my like merchandise and everything. Oh my God, <laughs> click the link below. There's oh merch. Right. <laughs> I wish. Make sure to like and subscribe. Oh my God, please. One day, I hope so. Like that's that's the goal, you know. Oh uh, you were made to do this, I swear. Oh my so, God, like, stop. Yes. It will happen. I keep hearing that. I'm like, I guess if you say so. (laughs) You're like, you're right. You're right. Anyways, give me money. (laughs) I could quit my job if you support this. Thanks. (laughs) Right. Back to business. Exactly. And that's what I keep telling people, like, looking for guests and everything. And I'm like, sorry. Like, with you, I was like, I'm going to get an outline. But then I have so many people lined up. I'm like, it might take two or three weeks because being a working girl at the same time. It's so hard being a businesswoman. Oh my god, wow. <laughs> it's so, yeah. But anywho, that's how we met and um, wanted to invite you on to, I'm doing a new series. It's called Ill Don't Discriminate Against and I wanted to start with uh, sex and education. And so you're going to talk a little bit about Title IX, your experience with that and everything. And disclaimer, again, like I put in every episode, what works for you might not work or what works for us might not work for you. I said that backwards. It's Monday, whatever. Um, <laughs> so um, hopefully people don't take it and run with it and be like, but Haley and Steven said X, Y, and Z. Actually, that's what I want people to do. I oh, okay, like just kidding. take my word as like Bible. Bible. <laughs> yeah, just kidding. Scratch everything I just said. If you don't listen yes. to us, like rude. <laughs> like, everybody just listen to everything we say. Correct, yes. Okay, awesome. So I'll just let you get into that was a little introduction. Um, again, and also y'all, oh my gosh, uh, I didn't even go over if you want me to throw your social media out there, but like, you just slay. She's beautiful. Oh there'll God. be there'll be a promo picture on my Insta. If she doesn't want to put her social out there, that's totally not her social security number. No, but her social like media <laughs> that will also be listed. That will in also the podcast be... description. Right, your mother's maiden name. Yes, <laughs> like, yes, all that good stuff. But like, she sent a picture for promotion, and I was just like, okay, model, literally word for oh word. God. That's what I said. <laughs> and my husband was like, oh my god, <laughs> she's so pretty. And I was like, yeah. Oh my god, stop! Wow, like, no, but like also, uh, don't stop at all. <laughs> Yeah, seriously, that's whenever, I mean, I used to be so bad at people giving me compliments. I'd be like, no, I'm gross. Leave me alone. Now they give it. I'm like, oh my God, stop. You're feeding me for like the rest of the week. (laughs) I always like, I always make jokes and I do this in front of my students too. And I'm like, I am trash, but like I set the bar low and then I uh, exceed those expectations so that they're like, oh, wait, no, she's fine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You you take it to the worst case scenario, worst yes. case. And you're like, oh, actually, I'm not complete garbage. In a plot twist, the audience never saw coming. Here I am. Right, exactly. Boom. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, that's a little intro. So I'll let you kind of dive in and give us a little breakdown of Title IX. And like I said, don't get offended if I have so many questions because I might be asking the same questions that listeners might have. So I'll let you take the floor right now and then I'll just 
butt in when I need to. <laughs> sure. So before I get into the official definition of like what Title IX means and how it manifests at schools, I want to talk a little bit about how I got into what I do today. Oh, yes. Um, I d- now, I don't want this to be a resume rundown because I find that to be like very annoying, but um, <laughs> I, I want listeners to kind of get an understanding of what the scope of higher education is. And, you know, if listeners aren't sure what their career trajectory looks like right now, that's literally so fine because undoubtedly, you know, you have skills that are versatile, you have skills that are transferable, all about figuring out, you know, exactly where your passion lies and finding some sort of organizational culture where you feel needed and wanted and learning all the time. And for me, that's been quite the journey, um, but that has ultimately led me to um, receive my certification in being a civil rights investigator in addition to working in higher ed. So um, yeah, so I want to talk a little bit about that, but I do want to put out a trigger warning and this is sort of um, akin to what you said earlier about Mm -hmm. like what works for folks may not be the same as like what works for us. But Mm -hmm. once we get into discussing Title IX, I will make mention of sexual violence in the context of the law. And it can be very difficult to listen to some sort of violence being talked about like that. Mm -hmm. So I would definitely encourage listeners to, you know, take care of yourselves and do what's best for you. Um, and I do want to make a, another disclaimer that all of these views are mine and I'm not, I'm talking as me, right. I'm not mm-hmm. talking as like a representative of where I work now or where I've worked before. So just wanted to put that out there. Um, Perfect. but anyway, back to me. <laughs> yeah, this is all about me. <laughs> um, anyway, so, um, you know, I went to a small private school for undergrad and I started working in higher ed without really knowing that I was because I was. <laughs> Um, you know, the annoy- annoying like tour guide that you see around campus, um, yes. I, that was me. <laughs> so, and then I, uh, I was an orientation leader as well, because I just, I loved so much about my college experience. And I really wanted to show everybody how that could manifest for them in college as well. And then I got into residential life as a senior because I interned in a residential life department where, and this will come into to play later, but I really began to understand the scope of restorative justice in student conduct. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So what that means is that at any institution, when a student violates whatever the code of conduct is and they live on campus, they would meet with someone like me. Mm-hmm. And the traditional model of what that meeting would look like is usually like, OK, they violated something. Allegedly, they would meet with me. They would receive some sort of consequence. But that doesn't really do anything right like that. Right. That just like leads to very little like behavioral change. So. Mm-hmm. I started getting into the concept of restorative justice because it involves more of like a mutual decision making between students and whomever is running that conduct meeting. And any consequences I give them are educational. So I want them to make behavioral changes and learn from the situation that they're in. That does not work for all cases. And Mm. we're going to talk about that later. But I just wanted to uh, kind of mention that as well. Um, So... Additionally, when I was in college, I got involved in something called the Clinton Global Initiative University, which is a leadership development program where students can develop commitment to action and then they're awarded funding for those. So students do things in like climate change, human rights, public health, things like that. And mine was focused on women and girls. So it would eventually culminate into the TEDx talk I gave in um, 2017. So I talked a lot about eating disorder recovery and what it looks like to be a woman um, from, you know, I I interviewed a bunch of women from an incredible spectrum of backgrounds. And so I I Mm -hmm. talked to them about what it means to be a woman in recovery and what that self-love process looks like. So 
um, I think all of these kind of tie into ultimately me wanting to fight for civil rights. And then when I got to grad school, I did a higher education student affairs program, and my focus was primarily equity and access. So when I worked in admissions and I worked in career services and res life, I really had the chance to supervise students um, by myself for the first time. And, you know, I say this about every staff I've had, but I could not have asked really better students to work with. Um, And they really taught me about what empathetic leadership is and the power it holds. So these are some of the kind of practices that I like to implement into my everyday work, um, even now that I'm working full time. So um, when I got my first full time job, I was just, I continued to be in awe of the insight and the work ethic that the students for whom I was responsible had. We started talking about um, thinking critically about like the intent of someone's actions or words versus the impact of those. And then um, I started really getting involved with social justice work. Um, And one of the committees I served on in my first job was something called the Title IX Committee, which was where we worked towards ensuring that any information about students' rights was accessible. Um, That's the most important thing because this stuff can be really hard to digest, but like when it becomes accessible, like that's where it's really important, right? Right. So I wanted to make sure that any like processes related to Title IX were safe and fair and just essentially. So that's what led me into um, my interest in Title IX. So um, to give you all a definition of what Title IX is, it's an educational amendment um, that says no person in the United States shall on the basis of sex be excluded from participation in, be denied the benefits of, or be subjected to discrimination under any educational program or activity receiving federal financial assistance. So that's a lot, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's very broad. In layman's terms, that essentially means that like, in order for any college or any educational institution to follow Title IX, if they hear of any potential discrimination or misconduct, their job is to follow up on that. And yeah. they need to prevent any more from happening and they need to remedy the impact that it has. So you'll remember that I said intent versus impact earlier. The impact is the really important part. Um, and also, like, I'm talking a lot. So if you have any questions, feel free to. No, no, no. Jump in. Yeah, no. It's beautiful so far. <laughs> oh, my God. Thank you. Um, well, anyway, that's it. Bye. No. Um, okay. In so, session. Yes. And scene. Thank you. Um, so just to give you a sense of, like, what some different examples of what a Title IX violation is. So gender discrimination is sort of a, a broad umbrella term, but it can mean a lot of different things. So um, that includes like sexist remarks. Um, mm-hmm. Say you're say you're doing like some sort of um, college activity, and there's an unproportioned like uh, you know amount of people there um, who identify one way or the other. That could be considered gender discrimination. Sexual mm-hmm. harassment is the main one that I kind of want to focus on today. So that's like unwanted sexual behavior. Right. Um, you may have heard of quid pro quo sexual harassment. Yes. Yeah. So it's like this for that, right? So it's yeah. requesting for favors, um, which is an example of a Title IX violation. And then sexual violence. So abuse, assault, inappropriate touching, any form mm-hmm. of unwanted sexual contact, essentially. So all of these things are considered um, misconduct, right? Um, and if an institution failed to investigate that properly, the institution would be in violation of Title IX. Does that make sense so far? Yes. Okay. So they basically 
if, if I kind of get like a the me I work in human resources so yeah yeah <laughs> we have to deal with that stuff <laughs> right, too right. and it would be like the same thing like if we didn't investigate or if there was anything like we have to look into it exactly. if not like it would come back on us so it's the same like you're held like accountable for not looking into these exactly accusations or whatever it might be yes. got it beautiful yes. well not beautiful but well, like, well right terrible, yeah but like, also, like, yes, yeah it has to be thorough and comprehensive right accountability yes. <laughs> yes yes we do stand accountability in this household yes um so uh like i said the institution is what would actually be in violation of title nine the the person mm-hmm. um would be uh in violation of any misconduct standards Right. Um, so that's that's something that, um, you know, I, I didn't learn until I started my training for civil rights investigation. So that's something to. Uh, yeah, definitely. yeah, yeah. I think that's a, um, a misconception. So it's important to go over. Um, so any investigatory processes in Title IX have to be thorough and they have to be like reliable. So mm. anyone who works in Title IX, they really need to ensure that if they're collecting evidence, um, they need to that needs to lead to an impartial and a, and a quick, like prompt decision on a case. And everyone mm-hmm. involved in the case needs to be treated fairly because we can't put any barriers in the way of a student or anybody involved in a case um, having like a full breadth of options. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And then um, after like a report comes in for a title nine, that generally leads to an investigation then some sort of resolution. So that can be like a hearing. Um, it doesn't look like a, like a court case you would see on like SVU, right? Yeah, <laughs> oh, so dramatic. Right, right. I mean, I'm obsessed, but... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but in any event, there's some sort of resolution. So that's like a, a hearing, you know, at the school um, or some sort of informal resolution between parties. And ultimately mm. that evidence leads to some sort of, um, I, I use the word sanction, but that means consequence. And then mm-hmm. um, if the parties involved in the case disagree with the decision is made, that's made, then they have the opportunity to appeal it. So that's kind of an, an overview of Title IX. Um, can I answer any questions for you about uh, the process so far? So I guess one thing going back, okay, just to be clear, because I'm slower on the slow side um, sometimes. Okay, so like, I guess, I don't know, it's kind of tricky. So say if something does arise <laughs> and comes up, it's it's the university. If they fail to do it, it's really the university that's put in the hot seat. Correct. But if but if they say if they pinpoint like, hey, um, John Smith is the one that failed to do his part. Mm-hmm. Does something happen to John Smith, or is he like not on the university? So you're talking as if. Are you saying that John Smith, first of all, John Smith and Pocahontas is a terrible person. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. I literally was like thinking of a horrible white person. <laughs> horrible white man. Honestly, really. when and we're thinking about one. social justice work, all I think about all day long is like horrible white people. So <laughs> I know that that's me. where we are in the world. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, John Smith. <laughs> um, so are you saying I guess if he were the investigator he... or if he were the Yeah. Okay. So yeah, so there might be consequences there, but really it's the fault would uh, fall on the institution itself. Okay. So that's why, like, if you look at um, court cases that make their way up to the Supreme Court related to Title IX, you won't Mm -hmm. see, um, like, person versus person. Yeah. You will see um, person's name versus independent school district or board of education um, because that is the entity that is in violation of Title IX or or allegedly, you know. Right. Okay. That's a really good question. Yeah. Okay, good. I just wanted to, yeah, 
but I figured like most times, like you see now with most companies of shit goes down and something happens. Mm -hmm. If they know somebody's at fault for something, they're like, this person's no longer with us. So I'm sure John Smith would, (laughs) something would happen. And now everything is solved. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. And I'm like, "Mm, actually. Right. Right. Um, (laughs) So that's why I said earlier that like, uh, it's not just that the school has to address the issue. They also have to prevent it from happening in the future and they, they have to remedy the impact, right? They have to take, Oh yeah. They have to take measures that are beyond like the interim and they have to take that a little bit further and not just say they're fired like that. That really does nothing. (laughs) Okay. I mean, yeah, I mean, that definitely not to get too off topic, but I think that goes into a little bit of what's going on now in the world. Like, okay. You put four police officers and, jail and everything but like this keeps happening right, right, <laughs> like, right. that's not the end all be all like there has to be some action that's why I'm some, so over people you know. whitewashing everything MLK said and yeah. like no racism oh is gosh. fine like Kendall Jenner it's handed total... a Pepsi to a cop and now it's oh my... over <laughs> it's so over thank you the Jenner and Kardashian yes, clan they did, for... <laughs> they did that like no more right. racism we can go back to the regular scheduled program right. anyway here's a selfie <laughs> Yeah, no, that's not how. Ugh, right. Don't even get me started. I'm just so. Let me. Oof. Anyways, so yeah, I think that's a, a a good way to break into this conversation. And now that that's clarified and everything, so I guess the next thing, speaking of how we are um, in the world, it's so crazy because I saw a, a meme and I was like, it's funny, but it's really mm-hmm. true because <laughs> uh, COVID nineteen is kind of like. Put, been put on the back burner you see more news about what's like the riots and protests and everything mm-hmm. and somebody posted and was like we haven't heard from coronavirus in a while what's <laughs> going on and somebody somebody said oh it's halftime right now and racism is performing <laughs> god wait yes <laughs> i was like that's a great way to summarize it but she's still there right, girl she's right. She's still there. So that's definitely she's just hiding like she is she needs a break she was like you know what Y'all take care of these protests and stuff. I'm gonna like I'm gonna chill for a sec. <laughs> right, exactly. She's like, oh, summertime. Let me go lay out by yeah, the yeah, sun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Corona's got to get her like good Instagram shots too. Like, <laughs> exactly. She's like, hey guys, I need work life balance too. <laughs> wow, so proud of Corona oh, for gosh. taking these steps to ensure that she yeah, is taking care of her herself. mental health. Yes, exactly. You should have but her. As can a she guest. like? <laughs> Oh my god! I sh- <laughs> it'd be my first, my first and only <laughs> interview with a virus. <laughs> you really? Did she's that. like, well, yeah. She's like, okay. Well, now that we've interviewed, I'm going to give you the virus. Yeah. Eye. <laughs> like, oh my god! Uh, How rude she, of her. She's. I know she's such a hot mess. We don't honestly. We nobody really likes right. her. So, <laughs> um, I guess with that though, with everything that's going on, I mean, she really has impacted a lot of workplaces and everything to where. I always tell people, like, nothing's going to be normal again. Like, we have to find a new normal. Even now, um, you know, in our briefing, I mentioned, you know, we, North Carolina is opening back up. We're back in office and everything. Mm-hmm. But there's so many regulations that we have to yeah. go through. I, I have to check everybody's temperature when they come mm-hmm. in. They have to fill out a health screening form. We have to wear masks everywhere unless we're in our own personal desk or office and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, they employees have to wipe down everything every hour. It, there's a lot more cleaning and everything, a lot of distancing. Like, instead of going to the conference room now, we'll just, I mean, we're all in the same <laughs> office, we'll just call each right. other. <laughs> and so it, it has affected. So, I just, um, 
wanted to ask, and you actually came with a suggestion because I had something else in it. Just yours, I like your idea a lot mm-hmm. better. So your suggestion on what um, the future of the higher education um, and the whole title line, everything looks like post Rona because she just came in like a wrecking right. ball and messed everything up. So rude of her. Um, so yeah. So I guess I'll I'll talk about this. Um, I'll mention a couple of different things. So I want to talk about like what day to day might look like in higher ed. And I also want to mm-hmm. make mention of some new title nine regulations that have come out um, that people aren't really talking about because the focus has been so much on teaching and learning in higher ed um, and how we're going to move forward mm-hmm. in this quote unquote new normal. And um, right. so, so those sort of uh, in, in my circles got swept under the rug, but there's something that I think, it's, it's something we need to focus on. So Definitely. in terms of talking about um, the future of higher ed post-Rona, um, like I said, there are so many news sources talking about teaching and learning, but very rarely are they talking about residential life, student activities, counseling, mm-hmm. which is incredibly important, right? So right. we know that some sort of hybrid learning model is going to increase, right? Because I think, and I think that's kind of a good thing because I think it's going to help students and professors and families gain a better understanding of the digital tools that we've been trying to use for years in mm-hmm. higher ed. But I think, you know, with that, the caveat is that we do need to think about access and serving students adequately, because if we're doing a hybrid model, if a student doesn't have consistent access to the internet at home, you know, what are we doing to ensure that they get the same level of quality education? So that's something that's really important right. to consider. And I think people are, which is good. Um, But I think, you know, something that I've been thinking about, too, specifically in residential life is considering the state of health in our physical spaces on campus, but also considering our capacity for programming in our halls, because that's that's so much of the work that I do is um, making sure that students are receiving quality education, not just in the classroom, but like outside of the classroom, too. So um, RAs are usually in close quarters with students. How are we making sure that they're serving those students adequately, but like from a distance, right? (laughs) Um, Right. Because I've seen some, I've seen some really awesome virtual programming in my day, but um, how are we going to take this to the next level? That's, I think these are the questions that we need to be asking. And the good thing is that I've seen those questions being asked um, and not just by folks like me, um, kind of at the staff level, but also at like the administration level, I've seen those questions being asked. Yeah, which is great. And, you know, I follow a lot of news sources like um, Inside Higher Ed and the Chronicle of Higher Education, and they are, um, you know, putting these questions at the forefront of um, our conversation. So that's been good. And then, you know, Title IX Mm -hmm. post-Rona, how are we going to address discrimination virtually? Can we do it? Um, and I think, you know, a, a good thing is that Title IX hearings can be done remotely. They can be conducted by video conference. So this might lend itself to addressing misconduct virtually, but uh, it's still weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's, it's, it is it's, super, you know, yeah. I see a lot of people saying, you know, these are unprecedented times and we're navigating uncharted waters. But I think, um, like I mentioned earlier, you know, I sound like a broken record, but we have to think about the impact on our students first and foremost. Yep. Um, Definitely. So that's something I've been thinking about in terms of like the future of higher ed. Um, and then the other thing, like I mentioned, there have been so many new Title IX regulations that have come out um, from the Department of Education recently. They came out in May. Um, so this is actually like um, perfect timing for talking about this. <laughs> Um, yeah. So I want to I want to break down what those look like because um, they I think they're going to manifest themselves in different ways at institutions um, with Ms. DeVos uh, putting these regs out. So um, 
Yeah, right, right. Oh. We have, we could, we could talk, you know, for hours about that. But, um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, so one of the new regulations is uh, a new standard of evidence in Title IX cases. So right now, in order to figure out whether or not something happened, like whether or not there was misconduct, most schools use something called the preponderance of evidence. And the best way to describe this is that essentially it just says we're implying that more than likely than not something happened. Um, The way that I like to think of this is like, think of like a scale, like a 50, 50 scale and put a feather on one side. Right. So that's like slightly tipping the scale in one direction that something happened. Um, But now uh, the department of education is pushing for a higher standard of evidence, um, which experts in the field and survivor advocates think could hurt willingness to file reports. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, which is already, you know, an issue. And and so I'm, I'm curious to see how this plays out because numbers related to sexual misconduct are always kind of skewed because there's such a lack of reporting, you know, um, which, you know, it's the survivor's choice, whether or not they, they want to report, um, obviously. Right. But I think, you know, we need to consider all of the factors that might make a survivor a little bit hesitant. And um, this standard mm-hmm. of evidence, I think, you know, according to experts could be one of them. So that's something that to consider. And then um, one other thing that folks are concerned about is that, so right now, most people that work at colleges, so like think about like a, a coach of a college team or a professor, there's something called responsible mm-hmm. employees. And you may have heard that term working in HR, but Um, that means that if they receive word of um, misconduct, they're required to report it. So they can tell that, you know, the person who's telling them about the misconduct, they can say, you know, I can't guarantee confidentiality here. You can tell me privately, but I can't guarantee that I'm not going to bring this up. Right. Exactly. And um, the new regulations might reduce what constitutes as a responsible employee. So the new regulations are saying that really only people with authority to take actions will have a duty to report. Now I get, yeah, right. <laughs> um, see, so. <laughs> right. Um, like, right. I'm sure. Um, the reasoning behind these new regulations, I, I understand it's to maintain students autonomy. So, but, but the concern is that nothing is going to be done because very few people have authority to take action on campus. So um, say you report to like your RA or your coach, you know, experts are concerned that like, will, will that get brought up like the chain? Um, So something can be done. So that's like (laughs) slightly concerning. Yes. Very much Um, so. (laughs) And then the third, the third one I want to ensure um, that I bring up is that um, this is the one that most people are concerned about. So right now, when, when you go into, um, it's generally led by, um, trained hearing officers, and that training is is really comprehensive and and really delves deep. But um, those hearings mm. don't allow for like the cross examination that you would see in like court. So uh, when a lawyer is like cross examining, you know, uh, somebody on, I keep bringing up SVU because I'm obsessed with it. But yeah, but like that's I mean, like, yeah, <laughs> the, the typical sort of court setup that you see, right? Um, but the right. new regulations would allow for cross-examination in a Title IX case at a school. So um, that could be done by the advisor that each party has in the case. So the accused person could question the accuser. And right. <laughs> and I had the same reaction. So 
The reason this is a little bit nerve wracking is because one of the issues, one of the the biggest issues with cross-examination in general is like the relevance of questions. So going back to court shows, you often see lawyers who kind of, um, uh, you know, they, they talk to the victim and they say like, but what about your past sexual history? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What were you wearing? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. And that's bad, right? Like that's very bad. And it's, it's re-traumatizing. It's also like not relevant to the case. So now Mm -hmm. advisors may have the opportunity to do that. Now they will have to have a hell of a lot of training to ensure that they don't ask questions like that. Um, But you know, the, the point of this is that in order to perform their job adequately as advisors, like they're going to need to, schools are going to need to ensure that they're asking only relevant questions. Yeah. I, I know so that, that was the part that kind of uh, weirded me out. And, and, you know, the, the reasoning behind all of these, like I said earlier, is to maintain students autonomy and ensure fairness. But, um, you know, I'm not sure how that's going to play out. <laughs> how it, yeah. Because, mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I just don't. Okay. So to unpack yes. the three, yes. like the first one, like I, me personally, like my anxiety would be, I think you're absolutely correct. It would probably alleviate a lot. A lot of students wouldn't feel comfortable. They're like, they like second guess themselves. Like, mm-hmm. do I have enough evidence? What, what, maybe just not bother because in, you know, there's already so much mm-hmm. that goes into it with wanting to yeah. report somebody and speak out. Like that's a whole nother, but to add on like, Oh, well, what if they, you know, I don't have enough to go off of like, ugh, that's such a shitty exactly. situation to be in. And then the whole responsible employee, like, <laughs> right, girl, <laughs> right. like, I just because don't understand. Like, the only people who aren't, and I don't personally, I don't really like the term responsible employee because I think everybody is responsible, but yeah, it's weird. But, um, so, correct, right, be right. a good citizen. Um, the, the term I usually use is like a mandatory reporter, um, right, right. That makes, I think, oh, that's good, yeah. but, um. But uh, right now, the only mandatory reporters or the only not mandatory reporters, rather, are like um, people from like the clergy um, or like counseling services. They're not designated as that because they can guarantee privacy unless there is like a threat to imminent safety or like danger. They need to do that. But but now it's like, well, who is it then? Like, (laughs) well, that's the thing. Like, it it goes back to remember, like grade school and middle school and stuff where they were like you know if something happens find a teacher find an adult why i'm Mm -hmm. still as an adult like whoever i think is gonna help me out like now i need a secret coded map to see who Who can actually do something (laughs) yeah like that that and that can lead in it just builds on top of like do i have enough evidence who do i even report it to you know what i'm just not gonna let this i'm just not gonna do anything that's shitty and the last one, no, no, no. Oh, oh no. sorry, go ahead. I cut you off because I no, was just no, so, I know. Like, there's, <laughs> you know, there's so much emotion tied into these, which is why it's so important. Yeah. So you go ahead. No, like the, the third one, I'm just baffled. Like that is such a, cause you do, you see the, I mean, even though criminal justice was actually my yeah. minor and I know courtroom, <laughs> yes, um, courtroom dramas and stuff like that are very very yeah. dramatized and not nine times out of ten it doesn't happen like that but you know there are real cases and times you know lawyers are sketchy mm-hmm. af to begin with so they could throw in 
those couple questions like yada 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 and even I don't know I would just be afraid that even though they're like oh you can't ask those questions like you just never know like I don't know lawyers are I don't know they're just right. slimy to me sometimes well, <laughs> so it's really scary justice minor I think like if you had a show where like you were a judge and um it was like it was on like court tv um everyone would watch <laughs> no. I, I would be so <laughs> I'm like, mm, no girl first of all why are you wearing that in this courtroom <laughs> think about your choices next <laughs> yeah right exactly yes. case dismissed I don't even want to talk it. to you <laughs> yeah like oh you haven't listened to the mm. new single from Beyonce yeah. well mm, so I'm sorry so, gotta go so guilty <laughs> yeah you're so no lock her up <laughs> yeah it's just so yes. oh that would be fun though I just can't believe, though, these... I'm, I'm glad, though, that you're yeah. able to bring those to light because I'm sure a lot of people don't realize that. And it's so hard. It's such a tricky thing anyways. I mean, uh, even now, we have to do training and <laughs> offer training to employees. And I know I did it when I was in university and everything. Like, if something happens, do this or that. But, like, I feel like this is... I don't know. It's going to, like, kind of fuck well, it up a little agree. bit. And like, there's, there's another one, too. So so get this. So, yeah. You right, Oh, gosh. Girl? More. Oh, great. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> right, right now, um, there aren't, like, location-bound rules for whether or not student or schools have to investigate, like, a Title IX report. So, like, what I mean by that is, like, say with study abroad. So um, some universities have campuses internationally, right? So if something happened over there, mm-hmm, right. Um, right now they're able to investigate a report. However, um, uh, I was reading on uh, Inside Higher Ed the other day that the new regulations state that institutions aren't obligated to investigate reports of sexual misconduct in their study abroad programs. Yeah, or provide support what? to folks who report misconduct outside of the United States. So um and I, you know, the, right. And the reasoning behind that, it, it gets into all sorts of like messy conversations about like jurisdiction territory and like, but, but also like right. study abroad is a campus affiliated activity, right? Um, and Correct. Like, the most campus affiliated activity. And um, so, so there, it's a yeah. tricky situation. Um, and again, you know, this is, this is me speaking as me, um, but like, I think, you know, the, the reason mm. I'm the most concerned about that um, is because. I think schools are going to have a lot to consider when they're navigating the process of like rewriting their own regulations, implementing them, opposing them. Cause a lot of mm-hmm. institutions are kind of opposing these. Um, so yeah, so there's a lot of mitigating factors there, but yeah. So the, the location bound one was really interesting when I was reading about that. That is super scary to me because. Hello there. Hello. <laughs> okay. So two conspiracy theories. Either the government doesn't want us informing people of this, so they shut us down. <gasps> or Rona heard us talking shit and she was like, oh, well. <laughs> Wait, T, I think it's Yeah, both. they're working oh together. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. They're conspiring against Yeah, us? I mean, I guess, what do they say? You know you made it once you have haters? <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yes. Did the first recording It did, save? it saved. So we're good with that. And okay. the last thing I got recorded was 
um, you mentioned the location thing and then I started to go in on it and then yes. it cut me off. Like it did not want, did oh. not want to hear me. Yeah, rude. So I'm going to start it over. Okay. <laughs> so here's my okay. thoughts on the whole, that's scary because me, worst case scenario is how my mind works. So I always go worst case scenario. And to me, I automatically think if there's a predator because they're out there, they could be like, oh, well, if it happens overseas, I'm good. I'm Gucci. Like, right. it's scary. And, you know, I think, <laughs> right. And it is. And I think, I think most institutions are understanding that, like, um, you know, they're, they're working through these regulations and figuring out what will work mm-hmm. for them. And I think ultimately, the, you know, the goal of every institution is to keep students right. safe. So I don't want, I don't want my concerns or experts' concerns about these to, make students concerned no, because I think yeah. institutions like uh, like the folks who work as title nine administrators that institutions have like both the institutions and the students best interests yeah. at heart and like I think there's so many people who are like zealous advocates for student safety that my hope is that when these um, new regulations are implemented that they're done so in like a very safe, safe way yeah. but yeah so <laughs> yeah <laughs> definitely and it also I mean it's more work on the, the university and everything. Cause it's like, now right. we have to like, like you said, like throw everything out and see right. how we can make this work. As if I don't have enough. Right. Exactly. Like, said, yeah. like I don't have enough to worry about things. Right. <laughs> I was bored. Yeah. Like <laughs> I didn't have anything to do. <laughs> yeah. Like, Oh my gosh. That, that is super. And I guess you could even relate that to overall, like it, I'm like you said, like the main concern is the safety of students and university and stuff. Like, let me focus on that, not mm-hmm. on, well, how are we going to make this acceptable for people? Like, what are we, like, it's hard. Like, exactly. Ugh, what a mess. Yes. Kind of... yeah. <laughs> me looking in the mirror. Right. Every what, what a mess. mess. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, oh gosh. Okay. So, oh wow. There's just so much to process. And also, side note, because um, the room that I found to record, <laughs> it's like a spare office. It's kind of a storage unit right now. Um, so I'm looking, but it looks over a lake because um, we're fancy like that. And I, oh, wow, I keep seeing little ducks and turtles. And I'm like, stay focused. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to interview them, yeah. I. <laughs> hey, what do you think of the new regulations on Title <laughs> They will have some opinions. They, they were like, look, let me, okay, somebody get the frogs. They have a lot to say about this. Um. I know that ducks are the fiercest advocates for, oh, for sure. and gender-based violence. So. Honestly, though, and um, honestly, that no lie, the university that I went to, which, again, I don't care, Jacksonville University, ducks and geese everywhere. So they've probably seen it. They know some shit. They should be the ones you go to if you have to investigate. <laughs> honestly i would trust them with i would too they'd be like girl give me give me a piece of bread and i'm gonna tell you everything you need to know (laughs) now that's some quid pro quo true yeah that's true but hey (laughs) a duck's gotta make a living right (laughs) honestly don't we yeah oh my gosh okay so trying to okay back on track so back to yeah back to you that that is (laughs) those are some legitimate concerns Mm-hmm. And like you said, I don't think that a lot of people know about that. And I'm sure. So I guess that leads me into my next question slash topic. Like, what's your best opinion on how people can help, 
I put slash help slash support slash stay informed about all of this too. Like what's your, yeah. So I think, I think, like I said earlier, like so much of my focus is on like making things accessible Mm -hmm. and like putting things in, in terms that people who aren't title nine administrators, like can, you know, can comprehend because it's so important for students to know their rights. Um, so, and you know, I'm, I'm big on, um, supporting different organizations that, um, assist with like, uh, ending gender discrimination. Yeah. So, um, my, my opinion would be to focus on those and I can list a couple. Definitely. So, um, I'm always like, I'm always the person who's like, I can send you some resources on this. No, <laughs> definitely do that. Cause I, I would love to okay. share that as well too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the one that I know the most about would be, um, the organization called know your nine. Mm-hmm. So it's a youth-led organization that focuses on Title IX education and ending sexual violence in schools. So what they do is, and, and mind you, again, they're youth-led, which is incredible. Yeah. So they they work to educate students, staff, faculty, whomever, on their rights related to Title IX law. And then they provide some sort of support system to survivors. They also oh, advocate awesome. for... Yeah, yeah. So essentially, they're just advocating to end gender-based violence and to to teach people what exactly it is, because, like I mentioned earlier, Title IX is just such a, such a you know broad mm. umbrella term. Um, so and and you know sometimes folks um, understandably kind of shy away from that because it's it's in the context of the law. Right. So, um, no, your nine really makes it accessible. Um, another organization that this isn't. Um, necessarily like uh you know misconduct related but i think they focus on um ensuring that any activities are like proportionable is um girls inc oh yeah yeah. so yeah yeah so you may have heard yeah so they're they're a foundation they are committed to helping women in particular develop and maintain an interest in stem so science technology engineering math and um they, they set up learning centers on school campuses, focusing on helping young women conduct actual hands-on experiments. Um, they foster a ton of team building. I'm, I mean, as you can imagine, as someone who works in res life, I'm obsessed with team builders, yes. so, um, which is like annoying because I'm always like, how about another icebreaker? No, I'm the same way. I used to hate it. There was a yes. certain professor who I adore. I love you if you're listening to this, but she always, we always had to do an icebreaker at the beginning of each class and I hated it. Yep. I hated it so much. But now even in HR, I'm like, let's do not. And people are like, Steven. And I'm like, no, but really, I just want to know everything about you. <laughs> Literally me. And my, I always like, so um, as, as someone who supervises RAs, I generally meet with all of them once a week. Mm. And so um, I always have them do like um, a high, low and weirdo of the week. Or yes. like a, high, a high, low and what you learned. I love what you learned. They don't like it, but yeah. I love it. But um, you're like geeking but, out and they're like, this bitch. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, anyway. Mom. Right. <laughs> um, but I, I'm obsessed with them. They're so cute. But um, uh, in any event, so, so Girls Inc. Uh, does a lot of through a lot of like simulation exercises and they bring in STEM professionals, um, oftentimes like women who serve as mentors. Um, and one of the reasons that's super important is that 70% of the girls served by Girls Inc. are girls of color, which is important because the percentage of women of women um, of color in STEM, while it's increasing, it's still dramatically lower right. than that of white men, right? right, right. So, um, 
So one, one important thing that organizations like this focus on are something called lean in circles. So those are opportunities for women in STEM and in any field really to connect with one another. And so the, the pipeline for women in STEM is often referred to as like leaky because um, we lose women initially interested in STEM. They leave the field after they feel a bit ostracized. So Organizations like Girls Inc. and so many others streamline that pipeline and and patch up those leaks to make sure that we keep the women who are interested in STEM, we keep them in the field. Um, yeah, so so organizations like that, I think, are, are super important to follow, right? If you're interested in ensuring that um, institutions are really focused on making sure that all students are served. Um so those are some things I could recommend. Um, and at some point I definitely want to talk about like books to read and, um, donations and educational organizations to follow. But, um, those are ones that I definitely want to definitely recommend. Beautiful. Love them. Like that's, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I knew them personally. Yeah. No. <laughs> yes. Uh, Mecca, yeah. Uh, I know. Her. Yeah. Great. great. We go to lunch and brunch. Yeah. So I can't believe you found it. Yeah, so. you're, you're welcome, Royal. <laughs> yeah, imagine a man taking credit for something that women do. <laughs> I've, I've never. never. That never, never happens happened. at all. In all of my research, I've Yeah, <laughs> what? Women can do that? <laughs> they, women like science? But anyways, <laughs> that's a whole other. Science Right? <laughs> Is that what? <laughs> That's like when people ask me about sports. I literally have no idea. <laughs> That's when you say I need yeah, an adult. Yeah, I need an adult. <laughs> Let me go ask the yes. ducks. They would know. <laughs> they honestly they would. They, would. they totally. Um, okay, good. That's awesome. That's it. And like I said, send me over the resources and stuff like that. And I'll definitely oh, yeah. make those available for everybody. So if they want to look into it, they definitely can. And I appreciate you speaking on that. But I, the next thing I want to have fun with. Well, even though, you know, the topic's not that fun, but still <laughs> no, imaginary. Yes. As if we haven't been having Yeah, exactly. Um, so I, I, and it's weird because when I thought of this game, at first I was like, well, let me find some fictional famous colleges, but there's not really that many. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I feel like if there is like, if there are colleges mentioned, it's like when high school sitcoms like transition right. the characters into college and then it just gets weird and you stop watching. yeah and they don't ever like in Buffy like when she went to college and it was like she was never really in class or anything I mean they don't do it in high school either so it's like um it's not as interesting when they're in college years class yeah it's seriously I was like this is not how that works like you just went all, like a whole week without opening a book but anyways <laughs> so I did find me during seriously though well I don't know I actually read so sorry I read <laughs> and now I'm reading you for not reading <laughs> oh my god wow you're like well I'm hanging out by you <laughs> yeah okay it was so right? great by <laughs> I do not condone you using any of this material <laughs> Okay, so I did find I, I put together a list of the three um, three famous fictional high schools, and let's talk about whether or not we think that they would t- break Title Nine. I'm pretty sure. Yes. I have an answer. We'll just get into them. Okay, so the first <laughs> the first one is St. Jude's, um, which is from Gossip Girl. Uh huh. <sighs> Wait. So so T. So. <laughs> I haven't, wa- I haven't watched. So okay, bye. 
If you're going to okay. say what I think. No, you... so I have watched Gossip Oh, okay. Girl. I, have <laughs> I was like, whoa. But my, my Twitter name is also Gossip Girl. So, um, but, so I, I just haven't watched it in years. So my, my memory on like their character development is very low. But from what I recall, like, all I remember is that they were all like fucking yes. together like all the time. And then there was like other shady business and then like all of their like relatives and like parents fucked each yep. other. Um so just like super not like normal fun things. Yes. One hundred percent. Yeah. I actually rewatched Gossip Girl last year. I usually do it once a year. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say last night. Last night. <laughs> like you watched all of it. Last night I watched all of it <laughs> just for this episode. <laughs> no, I definitely like yeah. I and it's funny because it was one of those shows too where they went to college and like nothing like and they all went to real colleges like they weren't yeah. like oh I'm going to you know they were Ivy League schools that were real real life colleges but like the yeah. school was made up but like girl I 100% think that they would break it because there was so much shadiness there was at one point yes I mean there's just so I mean there's just yeah they would have 100% like I don't even know how to defend them because there was so much like like you said everybody was fucking everybody there was one episode where they broke in and they were like it almost turned into an orgy where they were all like making out in the pool and everything and I'm just like who was running this establishment <laughs> right <laughs> it really not title nine administrators I'll tell you 100% <laughs> yeah exactly I'm just like oh what a mess it was uh, and there's no I mean for me, high school wasn't like that. And I don't think high school's like that yeah. for a lot of people. Right. And my husband, he 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 can't get down with the also girl. He watched like one episode with me and he was like, <laughs> I was like, use your imagination. He's like, first of all, they all look like in the 30. And I was like, yeah, I know. <laughs> like they do. Nobody has clear skin like that in high school. I hate to break it to you. And also, like, even right now. Like, yeah, right. I'm still freaking out. What the hell? So. Yes. I'm almost 30, and that's still happening. Same. Is, I'm like. This is incredibly it's, rude. It's a struggle. I'm like, ugh, I hate yes. it. But he also, he was like, how are they going out to bars and getting drunk and, like, right. sleeping with older people? And, like, it's so, like, drugs and bullying and, like. They just let them run over the school, too. That's another thing. I'm like, yeah, yeah. you're not treating people fairly if Blair Waldorf can just walk around and, like, literally shit on people. Not literally, but, like, <laughs> figuratively will shit right. all over people and just rule the place. And they're like, la 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 like, right. nobody cares. Talk about a lack of accountability. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, Gossip, sorry, Gossip Girl, love you, but yes, they would break Title but... IX 100%. Yes. Yes, we have decided. Yeah. And, Judge Steven has... I was about to say that, yeah. I wish I had a gavel. <laughs> oh my god, I'm getting... <laughs> yes. Um, the next school, which girl, I... Oh, oh my god. I have more to talk about it now, too. Um, Lima Heights from Glee. Oh my god. Um, oh my god. 100% know that Rachel Berry slash Leah Michelle would be breaking title oh. <laughs> She Girl, she's breaking it right now. She's like... breaking it right now in real life. Oh my god. Yes. Uh, I'm... Honestly, like, I've been talking to so many people about this, about how, like, I'm kind of living for celebrity culture, like, like crashing down and, like, people, like, losing their sponsorships and yes. jobs. <laughs> I am, too. And, like, ooh, she was a good one. Because I've always heard rumors, but I'm always, like, yes. I'm trying to be one that's, like, no. But then, like, it was rapid fire. I was, like, you even have the white cast members saying shit. And I'm, like, yes. ooh. And then she came, like, there was, did you read the um, story about the trans model and the 2010 emmys no what happened girl 
Okay. <laughs> so this model was, of course, she she came out publicly and she was like, you know, it's just, it sucks when you're in that situation. You're like, it is what it is. Like, whatever. Like me now, like you're gonna make fun of them. I'm gay. Okay. Like, yeah, I'm gay. Whatever. So yeah. it's kind of shitty, but now I'm like, Ooh, bring it to light. Cancel her. Mm. Um, so she was in the restroom and it was at the Emmys, of course. So she was like, there's tons of women in the ladies restroom and Leah Michelle was there with her friends making fun of people, talking about people's dress and stuff like that. And I'm like, yeah. I mean, whatever. And so she's, yeah, like, whatever. So she said it was kind of crowded. So she was trying to to leave. And she was like, excuse me, to leave Michelle. And Lee Michelle evidently, like, put her arm out to block her and was like, yeah. And she was like, excuse me. And she said she, like, stopped and looked around. Almost like in the movies when you look around to make sure you can say the N-word if nobody's looking. <gasps> Yeah, and she, like, looked at her friends and stuff and then was like, um, you're the one in the women's restroom. <gasps> no. Girl. We do, not, we do not stand transphobia in this household. No. no. I, I immediately sent it to Kelsey and was like, oh, she's beyond canceled. Like, <gasps> Oh, my God. We do she, not. I, I just want to, like, yeet her out of this Seriously. world. And it's so, it's crazy because uh, Kelsey actually sent me Amber Riley's uh, interview where she's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And I watched it and I was dying. She was like, you know, Lee Michelle's pregnant and I don't want her to be stressed out and I don't want to drag her too much. But <laughs> she, I love Amber Riley. I so love much. her so much. Did you listen to that? No, but that will be the first thing I do. Baby. Later today. Oh my God. Yeah, it's like nine minutes long, but she talks about it and I'm like, it's bringing up more of a conversation too. And she was like, we uh-huh. were literally told uh, if you were a, a black actor or actress on that set, like, you're you're fireable you're expendable like yeah and she was talking about how she was like it wasn't only leah michelle but most of the main white girls that were just like oh my god i'm running this shit like i want the solo and i was like so leah michelle was literally not acting she was rachel berry (laughs) dude the self-importance and self-righteousness oh my god yes oh and and mama we me and my husband were crying laughing when HelloFresh was like, not today. <laughs> yes, yes, not yes. Today. You can no longer use code Leah for 20% off your meals delivered to your home. <laughs> uh, we were crying because immediately after she started twinning, HelloFresh was like, let me, ch- oh, no, not today. <laughs> <laughs> HelloFresh said, no racism here. No, exactly. Girl, you might want to go try uh, what what is Try it? some blue apron like i was about to say blue apron or something but nobody's gonna want you and it's so funny because <laughs> me and my husband we literally we we try not to like if people are getting canceled we're like let's wait for the facts let's like yeah, no. yeah, yeah. it's like dead set like you've done some horrible things and so, Dude, as soon like, as that happened we were like her christmas album last year wasn't even that great we're deleting <laughs> it <laughs> oh my god wait that's so good like in my in my job like i I, I try to be such a neutral fact finder, but then when Same. it comes to like celebrity bullshit, I'm like, yep. Ooh, like, no, 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 cancel immediately. <laughs> yeah, because you put yourself on the platform. And we were actually talking about this, me and my husband, and we were talking about some celebrities that like when they're younger, they may have said or done something, and then they're like, I'm sorry. Like, it's okay to grow and learn. And mm-hmm. if you get more information, you're like, oh my God, the way that I used to think is, but no, baby girl, it's been like, no 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 like Mm -hmm. if there's been no sense of growth or development then correct no thanks and also like and also like the you know the the uh 
black women that you're mentioning, like they shouldn't, it shouldn't be on them to educate her mm-hmm. about like her problematic behavior. Like she yeah. should be self-educating um, and also like listening to their experiences and like growing from that education versus like exactly. expecting them to educate her. Oh my God. It is a me- like, and honestly, this is why I think Ryan Murphy said that he wanted to redo Glee. <laughs> Well, so getting back to well, first of all, I think it should be redone because as a whole, it's one big Title Nine violation. Okay, it totally. Okay, yeah, that's yeah, that was what I was getting to. Like, it was like totally like Glee would not pass now. Like, it would not fly. People would be like, "What is going on?" Like, Mister Shoe. <gasps> so oh. inappropriate. Remember when he made the students sing blurred lines, which is literally yeah, about rape. sexual assault. <laughs> like, yeah, like. Or when he would perform with them, like when he oh they god. did the sexy toxic, and he, I, I was, was like, just gonna say that. "Oh my god!" What? Or when he made them perform Rocky Horror Picture Show? Oh my god! Just so he could like essentially fuck Emma, like ew, yes, ew. so gross, and so. He, and then they like hooked up at school, like yeah. <laughs> She's saying touch, 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 touch me in front of two. <laughs> st- <laughs> I'm cringing. I'm so yeah that. And I used to be obsessed with Glee. Like I did too. I was so obsessed, but now I look back and I'm like, ew, this is so yeah. cringy. Yeah. Honestly, I'm like, take Kevin McHale, who was Artie. Yes. Amber Riley. Yes. Who played Mercedes. And then, um, oh gosh, Jenna that played, um, what was her name? Tina. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. 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 I love Tina. And, and honestly, then, I, I kind of stand Heather Morris too. Yes. yes. She's one that tweeted out. So Heather Morris, yeah, yes. she tweeted out and was like, not only do y'all need to look at Lee Michelle and the girls, but you need to look at some of the guys' behaviors. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. And then Deanna Agram? Oh, uh, Diana Agron. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Those five, those are the only ones that I want. Yes. Yes. Reading <laughs> like, with just them. Just them. Well, actually, I take that back because I would, um, oh God, Jane Lynch, love her. Yes. But, but she was made to be like, she was always made to be the enemy, even though I think she yeah. was right in so many she was. She was right in so many times. I'm like, how is she the bad? Like, yeah, she also, I mean, she did horrible, questionable things. Yes. But she also called like, why is he performing with these yes. students? Like, why is like. And then, do you Girl. remember when? Remember when Mr. Shu like made her fall in love with him? Yes, that was so weird. And Ew. like, oh, he was horrible, Ugh. like horrible. Honestly, like I feel like the kids from Gossip Girl like grew up and like became him. <laughs> and yeah, that's on that. <laughs> literally, though, like period. That's it. Like yeah. I literally, I literally stopped watching though after like the third or fourth season. Mm-hmm. I just kind of because I was like, this is the Darren Chris and Leah Michelle show, which I love. Darren Chris, oh, I, I might too. throw yes. him in the mix. Yeah, I lied. I put him. In. Oh, and oh my gosh, maybe, maybe just take Leah Michelle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? <laughs> Leah Michelle and, and... and Matt Moore. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> take them, take them out because I loved. Um, gosh, I keep blanking on their real life names. He played Kurt. Oh yes, I like Chris Colfer. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Do you yeah, know he writes like, he writes children's books? Children's books, yes. and they're so I mean I haven't read them because Oh right, because we're adults. Yeah. And oh I was gonna say because it's too advanced for me. But yeah, like <laughs> Honestly, same. I read yeah. who is she? Yeah, what is that? But yeah, so more of the story, uh Lima Heights definitely Oh my god, Santana Naya Lopez, who warned us all about Leah Michelle. She, she did. She had she, facts. She had the facts and 
mm, <laughs> sip some tea. That was, <laughs> oh, and I was I was too late to the canceling. I was I was a little late to canceling J.K. Rowling. This oh is my, off topic. Oh my god. I texted because you know everything that's happened this past week, and I texted um, Kelsey and was like, "Oh, so we're canceling J.K. Rowling too?" And she was like, "Oh, she'd been canceled." Yes. But then I found I found a thread of everything that she's done, yes. and I'm like, "Girl, I'm like, you know what? Hermione Granger wrote Harry Potter in my mind now." Well, truly. The, <laughs> so what I've been saying is, um, so Katie, I think her last name is um, Luing. She played Cho Chang in Harry Potter, right? Yes. And so she tweeted um, something that to the tune of like, um, "So y'all want my thoughts on?" Cho Chang, here you go. And then it was just a thread of like incredible Black Lives Matter uh, organizations to donate to. And yes. I retweeted and I was like, turns out Katie wrote Harry Potter. Like, it's crazy how she is the author. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I totally have been doing that. I tweeted, retweeted one and it was like, oh, the guy that plays Superman, Henry. Oh, yes. Uh, Cavill, whatever. Yes. yes. It was like, oh, his nudes. And I was like, damn, these are so hot. And then it was a thread of a whole bunch of organizations for Wait, people. that's so good. <laughs> yeah, because I'm like, there's nothing my gay guys is following me. So <laughs> I was like, y'all go yes. sign these petitions and donate. Oh, we love oh, knowing yeah. our demographic. <laughs> exactly. So Lima Heights canceled yes. as well as St. Jude's. Yes. And Glee, honestly, canceled. Yes. <laughs> like, it's so bad. Um, and then the last one, which... I'm so happy that you knew because I had it on my list and then I was like uh nobody knows what that is because I was just a loser and Degrassi oh my god I'm first of all I I never hear my western New York accent more than when I say Degrassi (laughs) Degrassi Degrassi. um but in any event no I'm I'm so glad you know what that is because I was I was in love obsessed yeah I was in, um, for those of you that don't know, that's where Drake came from. Yes, yes. So y'all know him as Drake. I know him as Jimmy. Yes, yes. <laughs> and I honestly, I still know him as Jimmy, okay? Jimmy, see, every time I see him, I just see him getting shot, Oh my God, I know, <laughs> that episode, ugh. That episode, like, but that's the thing, De- Degrassi pushed the limits. And I know right. it was Canadian, <laughs> but like, America needed to see that because yes. look at the school shootings versus, you know. Right. Um, Canada versus the United States but I remember seeing that and being like oh my gosh school shootings could be a thing that's really sc-. and I mean I was in like middle right, school so right. I was like that could be a real thing fast forward like five six years and like they started to become more and more relevant yeah. and I was like girl Degrassi saw this first Dude, like my did we not pay attention to that <laughs> my middle school like cognitive processing could not fathom that those things were real but like they were but that's why I love that show is because it, same it, I was like this is could never happen this is so far but then like it's always <laughs> happening like yeah and they were I mean Degrassi is so like problematic and dramatic for no reason but 100 but, but explore such like real issues uh, yes. in, in a way that i think other shows have like tried to do but like failed miserably and it's crazy because it it's like you have to remind yourself this is geared towards the youth yes, <laughs> like this yes. isn't like oh 30 year old i mean i would still get down and watch oh, yeah. it but <laughs> But there was so much, like, they, uh, Marco with, uh, like, the LGBTQ yeah. coming out as, and then Paige's whole thing yes. that she went through, and, I mean, the school shooting, of course, with Jim, with Terry, oh, oh my, my gosh. Oh, my God. Well, I was, so, as I was um, thinking about this before we recorded today, I was thinking about how invested I was in Ashley and Craig's relationship. So much. <laughs> and there were so many issues there. Um, so many. Like, 
I look back now and I'm like, oh my God, they should have never been together. Absolutely not. Like I, I was thinking about, do you remember when like they weren't hooking up and Craig was like telling people that? So like dinner like blew up a condom and was like, like just at them and Ashley got so pissed. And then the time that she, she told everybody in the cafeteria that he got like Craig got Manny pregnant, like, oh, like chills. So yeah. I mean, that, like you said, it was so problematic yes. and dramatic for no reason. no reason. And it's crazy because we, I mean, those are the shows that we grew up having to watch. And I was like, girl, my high school's like, the worst thing that happened was they stopped serving breakfast burritos and we had to get like whole grain muffins. <laughs> that was our tea. That was our like, oh, we're going to be angry. And I'm like, you have all this crap happening. Right. I was like, my school's boring. (laughs) But then, like, at Degrassi, like, they were leaps and bounds ahead of their time. So, they were, if, look, Degrassi walked (laughs) so that Gossip Girl and Glee and all these other shows could Could run. run and then fall down. (laughs) Run and fall down, get canceled, and then you're still like, "Mm, Degrassi's still good. (laughs) Like, but the the high school itself, not girl. Right, right. The character character development, I was just so invested in, but the school itself. (laughs) Yeah. No. And that's, I, I mean, I stopped watching after like, you know, Paige and Emma and all of them kind of got transitioned out and then it was like the Degrassi and the yeah, new generation yeah, yeah. I've never watched any of that because I was like in my heart of hearts I want the original OG cast. I've watched a little bit of the new seasons but they're I, I think they're they're good um and they're as usual full of hot takes <laughs> but yeah but um and and they they do keep exploring topics that you know, might not necessarily be explored on like your average like American TV show, which is like right. it is like helpful and like eye opening to see. But we we still have to stand the OG cast. You're 100 percent right. Yeah, exactly. God, what was that guy? Was his name Ricky? Yeah, 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 yeah. When he like the whole slime yes. and feather yes. thing, I was like, this is dramatic. Like this only happened in Karen, but then like or Karen, Karen? not Karen. I mean, Karen. Karen isn't. That's going to be my next horror movie that I write. Right. But... That's, that's what's happening in the world. Karen. Right. I could see the movie poster now and then it's like Karen. And then you know how they always have like a subtitle, yeah. like dot, dot, dot. She wants to speak yeah. to the manager. <laughs> oh my God. She's on Facebook. Cast it. Yeah. Cast it. We're not casting Lee Michelle. No, in no, it, though. no. We're not casting her in anything ever again. <laughs> no, never, ever, ever again. Yeah. Like it, I remember that just, that baffled me as a kid, like blew my mind. I was just like, could this really happen like it it really did bring a lot to light I'm so glad that I'm not the only one there's so many people now that I talk to and I'm like remember Degrassi and they're like what (laughs) you should I don't know if you follow this already but there's a Twitter account called Degrassi out of context and it's just like oh my gosh random like clips or like uh like memes of like like terrible terribly dramatic like lines from the show it's it's iconic I'm going to yes. go follow it right yes. after this. <laughs> I'm so excited. So excited. Well, thank you so much. I do want to give you some of your time back, but it's been super oh God, fun. It's so super informative. Oh my gosh. I just hit, hopefully you didn't hear that. I hit the blinds. I, was, I talk with my hands a lot and I say this a lot. Like I can't help it. I just naturally talk with my hands. So I always hit stuff and hit my <laughs> mic and stuff. So oops, sorry. Not <laughs> You're sorry. totally fine. I, 
get so passionate, but I do appreciate you um, coming on and taking some time to of chat course. and hopefully um, we can do it again. It would be super fun. And if you want to, you can plug any social if you want to right now, if you want people to follow you, if not, that's Yeah. So I actually want to plug a couple of different things, um, but not necessarily like things Dumb. about like me. Um, so yeah. I have like, a couple of books that I want folks to read. So yeah. Ooh, so, stop. Let yes, me write yes, them yes. down because- um, this is what Kelsey does. She'll call me and be like, you need to read this. And I'm like, I've already ordered it. <laughs> it's been in my cart, girl. Um, so yeah. <laughs> I've been reading a book called Eloquent Rage, A Black Feminist Discovers Her Superpower. It's by Brittany Cooper, Ooh. who is an educator and professor and all-around icon. So I'm really interested. Yeah. Yes. So I'm really interested in the topic of intersectional feminism, which um, mm. I know, you know, Kelsey, you may have talked about this too, but like, basically it says that we can't talk about gender discrimination without talking about racism because those two things are so interconnected. Right. Um, And Brittany has a quote in her book that I've been thinking about a lot that where she says it isn't feminism. If all women's concerns, particularly the most marginalized women's concerns aren't taken seriously. Um, So I think, you know, it relays the significance of having diverse perspective perspectives um, at the table when we're making like really important decisions. So that book is amazing. And then the other book I want to recommend, is there's a book called Represent, which is the woman's guide to running the off running for office and changing the world. It's by June Diane Raphael and Kate Black, and it really emphasizes the importance of more women running for office. And if you know if you have energy surrounding like policy change, like how to really channel that um, into something actionable. Um, So not that I'm running for office, but like it's. I was about to say, are you running? One time I did have students DM me and say like, mom, you should run for mayor. But And you're like, okay, "Okay, I'm not doing anything. Let's go do that. But, but, but I think it's, it's, it's a really important book and and really amplifies some of the voices of um, particularly women in color who are in Congress. So um, super important to read. I mean, look, clearly anybody become, can become (laughs) president now. So... (laughs) Might as well have a powerful Honestly. woman. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> like, yes. uh, that's awesome, though. And plus, their names. What were their names? Uh, June, June, Diane, Raphael, and Kate Black. And I can send you the links for those. Those, yes, and but like, what a slayage of names! <laughs> like, yes. I was just like, yes. oh, okay, love a like icon. <laughs> three, yes, that's what I'm gonna say. Like, okay, uh, girl, get it, June. Yes. <laughs> So I'm based out of Connecticut, so I've been paying attention to organizations that support Black voices as well as Black-owned businesses in the state. So I follow an Instagram account called Amplify Black Voices CT. They have a GoFundMe where you can directly contribute to Black Lives Matter organizers. Black Lives Matter New Haven on Facebook is another one where they have two donation links where folks can contribute directly to them and learn about the actions they're taking to dismantle a lot of racist systems at a larger level. And then there's an Instagram account called CT Black Owned, which is creating a really comprehensive list of Black owned businesses across the state. There's just some incredible work being done there. And also going back to Know Your Nine and mm-hmm. then Girls Inc. as well, too. Absolutely. Those would be good yes. ones. Everybody has homework. If you're listening to this, you yes. have to go. Um, Dr. Now. Said, um, do all yeah. of this. <laughs> do all of this, yes. or else we'll call Rona up and she'll <laughs> injure recordings <laughs> she'll she'll try to she tries to bring us down but it's not happening she tries but like we will prevail like girl i will scorch you in the eye with some hand sanitizer <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm not a violent person, but I would. I would throw down with Corona Honestly, real fast. Honestly, there's one person I would throw hands with. It is coronavirus. It, it, it seriously is. She's made, I mean, I was supposed to, <laughs> never mind. Let me not even make this about me because <laughs> I'm trying not to. Because I'm like, I was supposed to go to a concert. I was supposed to do that. But like, there's much more horrible things and I need to no, check no, my but, privilege but and calm like, down. I get it. Like, I, I was supposed to be booked <laughs> like, busy and then I was like, oh, oh yeah. you thought? No. <laughs> You thought that's yeah, funny. Yeah, hold yeah, my beer. <laughs> no, no, no. Her hold my white claw. <laughs> Rona said no summer. Uh, yeah, no summer for you. Which honestly, all the tea, all the shade. I don't like. Oh, <laughs> that is tea. I'm. It is. I'm such an indoor like. Per- I don't like the heat. I see. Yes. I'm a. I'm a. I'm a child, and I burn oh, I real easily. Too. My husband loves it. He goes out and he's like a tan goddess, and I'm like I'm a lobster. Um, so I don't know why my voice would be like that, but, but that's it. I just hate it. Yeah, we left Florida for a reason. Like I yes. do not like no, the I heat whatsoever. That. Yeah, I've been like getting like, into like hiking during quarantine, um, which is like something which I'm about. I, I never thought I'd say that, but here we are. Yeah. But, uh, but now I'm like, oh, like the outside is okay. Like I I could like spend some time here instead of like. I mean, I totally could if it wasn't yes. too hot. Like, if it's early morning or in the evening and I have bug spray, some water, some sunscreen that I drink <laughs> on the way over, Wait, like, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> I have to. My skin is so, oh my gosh. Like, it's it's no joke. People are like, you should get tan. And I'm like, nah. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> That's not a thing. But I totally, yeah, I totally get that because... Well, even in Florida, I was like, hiking really wasn't hiking because there's no hills or anything. <laughs> there's like, no hills. like, there's like nothing. I was like, okay, cool. There's, but here, like, I can literally go to the mountains and oh, hike, yeah, which is, is really nice. nice. So it's nice. And like during the fall, I'm like, oh, girl, yes, I will go get me a pumpkin God, spice I am, latte. I'm then such go. a Libra and I, I um, am obsessed with fall and the aesthetic it creates. So I understand that. I love it too. Oh my god! I don't even know what Pisces are supposed to be obsessed with. <laughs> obsessed with, but I'm obsessed with yes, fall and winter. Yes, I agree with you on fall. I just love. I mean, winter sometimes yes. she gets a little. Well, rough. and and this this past winter, I like I tried to do like winter activities because my partner is like very good at them. He likes snowboards, and I like step foot outside and turn right back around yeah um, no so ma'am I tried to, um, yeah no no I tried to snowshoe and I tried cross-country skiing and surprise no, I'm terrible at <laughs> what? I'm, I'm not good yeah, at like I... you know just like simple like walking so like <laughs> so like trying winter sports was certainly um an experience for me <laughs> nope I would be on the sidelines you're doing oh, yeah, great yeah, sweetie yeah. <laughs> like I couldn't. I can't. I'm horrible. At like, like I could barely yes, walk half the time. So when my husband's like, "Let's go kayaking or let's go white water rafting," I'm like, "Do I you would, want like, me to lose die? the oars and <laughs> just like give up?" Literally, I like lose. Yeah, everything. I would just be like, you know what? I have the first time. This is a long time ago, like four years ago, <laughs> five, six years ago, six <laughs> years ago. I was dating somebody, and he was like, "Let's go kayaking." I was like, "I've never done that." I literally halfway gave up and threw the oar in the water and was like, call a helicopter. I'm not, I was being so dramatic. I was like, I literally, he was, he just looked at me and I was like, I'm being dead ass right now. I was like, I'm so done. I'm over this. And he was like, it's literally like a quarter of a mile back to Mm, shore. And I was like, no, like, 
too much, call somebody. <laughs> like, I rescue 911 right now because I, I just can't. And he was like, if you really wanted to, you could step out and walk. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's not that deep. No. Okay. <laughs> Oops. I was so dramatic that day. Oh. I mean, I'm dramatic every day, but like, it's extra dramatic that day. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. But I do want to thank you again. Thank you so, so much. But I'll let you enjoy the rest of your... What's the... Oh, Monday. Look. It's... Two, okay, yeah, it's 2.30. Steven usually has um, his third <laughs> iced coffee of the day at 2 o'clock. So it's a little overdue. So I'm missing up on what You're I'm fine. saying. But yes. Thank of you course. so, thank so, you so much. Me. It was so fun, of course. And um, I'm sure I'll text you after this. Oh my and God, thank you please, some more yes. time. And um, it's so crazy how now I'm the only uh, guest you can have on. Like, it's insane. Yeah. So yeah. sorry. Everybody else is canceled. So sorry. <laughs> I'm actually supposed to, supposed to interview my husband oh, today. Mm, I'm going to be like, mm, that's so funny. But no. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. I signed a contract. <laughs> sorry. Haley said. <laughs> yeah. Haley said that I have to interview her about our marriage. <laughs> so. <laughs> He'd be like, okay, whatever. Like, Knowing him, funny. he'd be like, oh, he's like, less work I have to do. Fine, have at it. I'm gonna. He would be like, I'm gonna go play Animal Crossing. Let me know when you're not. Oh that's so funny. But no, I really appreciate you having me on, yeah. and thank you for letting me talk about something that I'm super passionate about. And I hope that, um, you know, if folks, uh, you know, are also passionate about this, that they look into some of the things that I mentioned. Definitely, I hope so too. And feel free whenever you have time, send me all the resources so yes. I can shove them yes, out everybody's throat. Yes, <laughs> yes. Awesome. Thank you so much, and I hope you have a fantastic day. Bye. <laughs> Girl, I know that was a lot to take in. Thank you so much, Haley, for all that. But I think we all need to reflect for a moment and just saw <sighs> and take a moment and have a meditation minute. It's Kelsey. Um, so Stephen reached out to me and um, asked me to give a little blurb on what it means to be an ally. Um, so before I get into anything, I just want to make sure to just say that um, I am by no means the spokesperson for or am I um, an expert on what it means to be um, 
marginalized person, um, let alone what it means to be black or what it means to be um, LGBTQIA or anything else um, under the gender non-conforming spectrum. Um, I can only speak um, to my experience as a straight white woman um, trying to navigate um, the waters of allyship and figure out um, how to best uplift the voices of marginalized people. Um, but some of the things that I've learned throughout my years of organizing is um, a couple tips on how to be an ally. So I would say the first thing is step up, step back. Um, so what does that mean? So that's something we say a lot in organizing. What it essentially means is being mindful of the space that you are taking up and um, being especially mindful of whether or not um, what you were saying is going to positively contribute to the conversation or if you were going to take um, time and space and resources away from a marginalized person um, that you were trying to advocate for in the process of advocating. Um, so what does that mean is if I am at a Black Lives Matter rally, um, I am not you know, running around um, making the rally about me and like, oh, I'm the one leading the chants and I'm the one doing X, Y, and Z and I'm the one who gets to speak to the press and all that stuff. It's about making sure that you were mindful of the space that you were taking up and that um, you were being an advocate by making sure that other folks can take up that space as well. Um, another thing I would say is keeping in mind um, that you want to believe people's experiences instead of inherently just doubting them. I'm just going into it and being like, oh, well, I as a white person never see the police murder people. So that means what you're saying is fake. Um, so really taking into account, um, I know that thing Believe Women has started circulating and um, what that really does mean is taking people's experiences at face value and listening and saying, wow, that must be hard, instead of in placing some sort of inherent judgment on those and um, deciding whether or not it is true or not based around your experience, which is totally different from that person's experience. And um, I would say the other important thing for it as well is listen to black organizers. Um, Again, I am not the spokesperson, so finding good black organizers on Instagram, on Twitter, wherever they exist in the social sphere, and listening to the advice that they give, um, because the advice that they give about their situation is much more important than the advice um, I can give or the advice that any other white organizers can give. Um, and with that being said too, when you go ahead and do things for advocate advocacy thinking, who asked for this? Am I doing this? in a performative manner, or am I actually doing this because it is something that someone has asked me to do? Um, so if a gay person says, hey, I need you to advocate for me in this way, um, are you advocating for them in that way, or are you as a straight person advocating for them in a way that you feel like they might need advocacy? Because um, if you're doing that, it's performative. I mean, it's not real. Um, and I think another big thing of being an ally is recognizing it's okay to make mistakes. Um, I make mistakes all the time. I have very, I'm very, very blessed um, to have um, incredible friends and um, fellow organizers that are um, people of color or LGBTQIA, um, who where we've been able to create spaces where they feel comfortable coming to me and saying, "Hey, Kels, like, didn't like that. I understood that came from a good place, but this is not what I want." Or honestly, just being like, "Kelsey, you fucked up," and that's okay. Um, I think that's a big piece. Is, doing a lot of introspection and self-reflection on that. Um, 
And the final thing is read. Like there are so many resources online, especially right now in the wake of Black Lives Matter. Um, there are so many resources online. Um, I mean, it's Pride Month. I mean, there's hella resources online um, for things around pride as well um, that you can go online and read the actual experiences of people who live as black people or people who live as trans people or people who live as gender non-conforming or as poor people or as anything like that um, rather than viewing them through the lens of a white person and what they the message they want to get across to you. So I think those are my biggest things around allyship. Um, watch the amount of space you're taking up and listen to black people, listen to gay people, listen to bisexual people, listen to trans women. Um, yeah, I guess that's that's what I have to say on that. Really decentering yourself, making sure that it's not about you, that it is about the person you are advocating for. The moment it becomes about you, it is no longer genuine and um, it becomes almost like a peacock show of, hey, look at me, I am I'm the wokest in the room, and that helps nobody except for your ego. So those are my thoughts on that. Love you, Steven. It's no shocker by now, or shouldn't it be news to you that I am really big on mental health and trying, you know, to share my experience, ask others about their experience and everything like that. So I'm starting now um, with, you know, having guests on and everything and interviewing them. I want to ask them all something that they sh can share or something that they do. Um, something that they, let me, <laughs> I'm going to ask them <laughs> if they can share something that they do to keep their mental health, um, and check and give a little tea, little little nuggets of wisdom and tips and everything with that. So I did ask Haley, um, and so for this um, mental health moment, I just wanted to let her have her moment and let you guys know what she does to keep her mental health in check. I hope you enjoy. So in terms of keeping my mental health in check, I try to be as reflective as possible so I'm a firm believer in allowing myself to sit with and, and just really feel my feelings. And then I like to channel them into something that's productive and good for me. So if I'm having a bad mental health day, which is completely fine, I allow myself to feel those things. I figure out what their root cause is. And then I try to indulge in watching something funny or getting outside, things like that. And then I'm also... and feel free to cringe when I say this, but I'm very into improv. And one of the things I like about doing improv is that you don't have to think for a moment. You can just really intentionally listen to your scene partner and then react to or add on to what they're doing to keep the momentum going, which is, you know, I find it exhilarating and energizing, but also kind of relaxing in a way. And now for a segment I like to call Her Student Lesson, where we take a look at an LGBTQ plus community member or an ally who has helped impact the community in a positive way. Enjoy! Girl! So, with everything that's going on in the world right now, you know, with the movement, Black Lives Matter, and stupid Trump, um, 
you know, with healthcare and stuff like that for the LGBTQ plus community. Um, we needed some positivity in our lives and we got that. We got a win. And that's with the Supreme court ruling that no bitches can discriminate because ill discrimination is gross. Um, against the LGBTQ plus community. So you can't just be firing bitches, uh, because of that. So, Big win, happy pride moment, and so I just want to give a shout out for this history lesson to those that voted for it in the Supreme Court. Um, you're beautiful, you're great, and for the three that didn't, rude. Um, that's an airplane. They wanted to join the convo. Hopefully, it's not too bad, but there's definitely an airplane flying over my house right now. I'm going to give it a moment. But I don't want to stop the recording because I was on a roll. Okay, here we go. So, yeah. Awesome. Great. That's super exciting. I'm so happy. But, and I talk about this um, with other things too. It is a great, it's a beautiful moment for us. It's a win. But I feel like we still have some other, um, you know, battles to have and fights to have and stuff like that. So, um, again, with Trump's whole bullshit thing, and if you don't know what I'm referring to, look into it. Basically, tra- our trans brothers and sisters, I'm so sorry. Like, it's it, it just sucks because now he's taken away, you know, some rights and stuff when it comes to healthcare. Um, so where are you? All lives matter now. Hmm? Where are y'all now? Because trans lives matter. But anyways... Super excited and happy, but again, I feel like we still have some battles and fights that we need to fight, and um, one day we'll win the war, and there'll be rainbow flags everywhere! Well, my loves, that's all I have for you for this week, and hopefully you enjoyed it. I did. Girl, biggest shout-out, biggest love. Um, I heart you so much, Haley. Thank you so much for, um, you know coming on and talking about something that you're super passionate about. That's super clear and um, shining some light and everything on that because I, I wasn't too familiar with all of that. And then also it, it was fun to talk about ducks and bullshit like that too. Cause that's super fun, super amazing. And girl, it's not stopping there. I have other episodes lined up where we talk about discrimination against just different things. And I'm just not here for it. 2020 is a year that I'm just, I, I'm just done. I don't want any more discrimination. It's hard. It's a battle, but we're fighting. Yeah. I'm going to be putting some links that Haley shared with me to organizations and stuff that you can check out. So it'll be in this, uh, description, the episode description. I said it backwards. Sorry. And yeah, let me tell you too, the rest of June, uh, girl, I got, I got two more episodes. So I have an episode next week where I'm going to be talking about gay shiz slash pride with a uh, fellow gay, <laughs> which is super fun. It was super exciting. And then also for my weekend special, I'm going to be doing a Black Lives Matter special with Christina Sloan, who's been on this podcast before and get her perspective and her light because, spoiler alert, she's black. So <laughs> definitely wanted to talk and let somebody share their thoughts that are actually directly impacted by this. And girl, she spills the tea and it's just so good. And I can't wait for you guys to hear it. So yeah, that's all I have for you. Um, 
Again, thank you so much, Haley. So amazing and beautiful. But until next time, hopefully, um, like I said, your Pride Month is going great. Your week is going great. Month, year. Well, you know what? Let's be honest. Nobody's year is going pretty great because fucking 2020 sucks. But yeah, follow me. Follow my journey. Um, Please subscribe. um, Rate. Leave me reviews so when I'm down in the dumps, I read them and it's just super beautiful and nice. And I'm like, they like me, they really like me. Share with your friends and everything. And you can follow me on social medias, um, social medias, <laughs> Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. It's all at Sir Stephen Rice. Beautiful. I'll be posting um, more information as we go along with episodes to come because I mean, I got content until the 8th of July, bitch. So get ready, buckle up. But until next time, hope you have a fantastic day. Oh, my vocals just so on point, right? Voice of an angel.